But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Give Us a Second, a mini-sode series from the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is our 22nd Give Us a Second, because don't forget, on the record counts as a Give Us a <laughs> That's Second. That's right. And we are doing 2018 A Year in Review Part 1. Okay, well, should we get right into Everyone's it? Everyone's I mean- been waiting and waiting I, the, the anticipation the for this the response to last building. year's year end review positive was it i think so okay maybe people thought it was a, a bit much <laughs> four parts last yeah. year i think <laughs> so we trimmed it down we're only we do doing two to the response yeah so what we're going to do i know that people like to hear us talk about the oscars as well we are not going to do an oscar preview episode this year however we will do a give us a second after the oscars more of a reaction this time okay right what's the point of us guessing winners and we're completely wrong and it's a waste of time it's not fun for anyone really so we'll talk about our reaction to the ceremony after that but as far as a year in review we're going to do two parts and at the end of part two which should be coming out to you a few days from now a few days after part one drops that's when we'll get to our actual top 10 lists what a fun way to do it too yeah, so we're just going to talk about a bunch of different movies over these next two parts, and hopefully it'll spur you on to check out some of them or not. Important to note, Zach's top ten list doesn't have 14 movies this year. I limited it to 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one tie right. this year. I could have gone more, but I really hey. needed to restrain myself. Last year, I think I probably had a top 25 with several ties. Yeah. <laughs> this time, I'm only doing a top 10 with one tie. Last year was a good year. This year was a good year. Yeah. I think... I wasn't as blown away by stuff, but there was just a lot of movies that I liked this year. Yeah, I think the last couple years have been solid as far as having a lot of good stuff. Oh, the economy's booming. There's some more <laughs> investing in other weird projects. This year though I would say is kind of a weak year as far as awards contenders, which is not necessarily the same thing as good movies. True, yeah. (laughs) There's certain movies that are great that have no chance because of just how they are or what they are. The Oscar bait movies this year left a little something to be desired. Yeah, it all depends, though, on what actually wins as far as how we'll remember it. But this is not our Oscar preview. Let's jump into the movies in general that we liked from 2018 and we'll start with a release from early last year starring natalie portman annihilation yeah so it's it's hard to even believe that this came out in 2018 because yeah this came out a long time ago so yeah so this was one of the early movies that we saw for the year right it came out in like march no it came out in january oh did i'm pretty sure wow yeah, I do remember it being. Or like maybe a, it was. Yeah, maybe it was February. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't remember. All right, split the difference. But uh, you know, I I thought it was a pretty cool movie. It's it's dark. It's twisted. It's from the director of uh, what was that other movie that we liked? Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Alex Garland. Um, it's a little bit more ambitious than that. The, the scope of it is bigger. There's certainly a lot more effects that kind of detracted from it for me a little bit. But it's good. It's a bunch of female soldiers going into this weird 
alien universe type thing that's existing on Earth. And uh, it's a lot about uh, human emotion and interaction and stuff. There's some weird things going on in it. The end sequence is crazy. The only thing I'm going to say about this movie is it came out. It got reasonably decent reviews. It kind of came and went pretty quickly. And we saw it. It was fine. I don't know when it happened. I don't know. I guess maybe towards the end of last year, there suddenly was this really bizarre, I would say mostly Twitter-based resurgence of this movie talking about how great it was. Oh, really? I didn't know that. A lot of people putting it in the top of the year list or whatever. Not serious people, but just random Twitter people. You know, there was a big emphasis on that ending. They love that whole thing with the metal guy or whatever. Like, that's where... People, like, were obsessed with the end of this movie, I guess, and just the whole... I mean, the whole thing. And I will say the ending is jarring, and I was kind of caught off guard by it. The one thing that stands out to me, though, was that screaming bear thing, which was probably the scariest... One of the scariest scenes of the year. Well, yeah, as far as, like... I mean, there were so many movies we saw this year, but as far as, like, in-theater vibes to a movie, it was one of the cooler ones I, I saw throughout the year, I thought. Another early release from last year was Red Sparrow, starring Jennifer Lawrence as kind of this Russian spy with a weird sex angle to the whole thing. Sort of famous for Jennifer Lawrence doing some on-screen nudity for. Yeah. Yeah. Really something special there. Kind of a weird cat and mouse spy movie. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of Atomic Blonde from the previous year. Maybe not quite as fun as that. Yeah. It got a little bit bogged down. I think it could have been edited better. It was a little long. But overall, I thought it was... Definitely enjoyable. Pretty fun. And I was surprised that the reviews weren't better and that it didn't do a little better than it did. I think we are living in a Jennifer Lawrence blowback. Oh, no. Time We're there. A little. Okay. I think people... She's not America's darling? I mean, Mother didn't do well. That's true. And then Red Sparrow didn't really do that well. And her... Her big standalone kind of it's weird, movie yeah. based solely upon her name kind of thing with right. Passengers, that didn't do well. Going the Aronofsky route, you know, worked out for Natalie Portman with Black Swan, but that's tricky territory, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I appreciate the fact that she's willing to try out different things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Mother was a she won an Academy Award time. at such a young age and was already regarded as one of the best actresses out there, so... You know, if she wants to spend her victory lap doing more interesting, bizarre things. I'm all for it. A movie I want to mention briefly, I I know you didn't see it, although you should check it out. I think it's on Hulu. It's called Flower. Oh. Terrible reviews. Wow. I mean, less than 20%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. I loved this movie, and I was seriously considering putting it in my top 10. I'm a little spoiler alert. This is not in my top 10. It stars Zoe Deutsch. I think it was directed by one of the guys that is friends with Danny McBride. I think Danny McBride was like a producer on it. Yeah, I, I knew some. Uh, keep vamping for a second because I know. It was like, oh, it was, uh, I think it was like Henry Winkler's son. Okay. Max Winkler, maybe, who directed it, if that even is his son. I want to say that I actually maybe, well. I'm trying to find the Wikipedia for that oh, Jesus movie, Christ. but uh, I did start watching it. It's it shows as played on my Hulu account, but it, I fell asleep. I need to revisit it. Yeah, the f- I will say that the opening scene I found to okay. be annoying. This is what I was looking at. Yeah, uh, Max Winkler he wrote and directed a movie called Ceremony, which I own on Blu-ray. 
Yeah, I think once you get past that opening scene, which I hated, and I was like, oh boy, this is going to be annoying. Oh wow, is there something off-putting in the opening? It just was like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but okay, it was just one of those weird stories that you're never sure where it's going, and the tone is all over the place, and I could see why people hated it, but... I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny, and people hated it. It doesn't even seem like a movie that would even like. Well, it got bad reviews. Okay, like it led less than. I mean, I would say anything less than twenty percent people hated it. That's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. Not a lot. Falls it didn't into make that any territory. money. I think it barely opened. Wow. But I checked it out on Hulu. What now, made you get into this then? I just watched it on Hulu. No, I know, but like, were you aware of it before you watched it? Or yeah, you, I wanted okay. to see it in the theater when right. it was a. Lowe's but we never saw it did you see a trailer for it originally I don't remember okay I mean they, it came out in the spring officially like in theaters although yeah. technically it's count it counts as like a 2017 release because I think it played at like festivals and stuff last year right so the release of it's all over the place it, it's hard to say if it even really counted for 2018 or gotcha. whatever yeah. but I just wanted to mention it now because there's really no time that we're ever going to mention it so so there you go flower you were mentioned flower all right so let's talk about a movie that came out over the summer we'll do a couple of those sorry to bother you yeah so i'll give my one list spoiler this was my number 10 but when i looked at my list there was a glaring omission that i had forgot so everything (laughs) moved back a spot in this moved off the list sorry to bother you had so much in it that i liked the end is a little bit wild yeah it gets really crazy and Sometimes that can be awesome, as we'll right. see a certain movie that is both in our both of our top fives. But yeah, I don't know if the ending was necessarily as deserved as it needed, as it felt like it should have been. It's a weird vibe because, like you know, there's obviously a lot of like social commentary in it and everything, but it's very wacky at times too. So yeah. you're kind of like all over the place. Yeah, it's one of those movies that you definitely have to admire, though, because it's oh, like such a big swing. For sure, I definitely enjoyed it. It's like. A shotgun blast of ideas at the screen, and yeah, it's very like uh, vibrant and it was the first like time in your face at times. First directorial effort from Boots Riley, and I'm interested to see where his career is gonna go from here. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, who people will remember yeah. from Get Out, and he's been he's in a in few Atlanta things, and yeah. all that stuff, and Tessa Thompson, who's who is also in Annihilation. So yeah, and. I kind of think is a, a little bit of a babe. <laughs> I'm going to throw that Controversial. out there. Yeah. Also coming out over the summer, a little movie that I'm kind of surprised didn't get nominated for Best Picture. I really thought that it had a chance to sneak in there because they love to throw a bone to like one small movie usually. Right. It didn't really happen, and that's Eighth Grade. Yeah. Eighth Grade was everything that I thought it was going to be, <laughs> which I enjoyed. It's painful at times. You know, yeah. it's uncomfortable. It's so real, you know. It's got a rawness to it that is not unlike a movie we just did on the podcast, Young Adult, where it's right. so cringy, you feel like look away. Yes. And yet it's very Yeah, I love relatable. those movies. Oh yeah, right. It, it definitely captures It feels slice of life certain aspects of being that age. Yes. And just how everything is a disaster. Even, yeah, right. And it's like this is like two men i I say in quotes but like (laughs) what was written and directed by a man i know but like it's a it's a female main character and it's like you just find yourself relating to her so much somehow yeah and i definitely think there is a lesson in there for guys of all ages really because 
you know how horrible that time period was for you, but I do think that that time period for a lot of girls, if not all of them, yeah. is even worse. Right. It's just I think so. a disaster of a time. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about that screaming bear in Annihilation being one of the scariest scenes. One of the most unsettling <laughs> scenes was that backseat scene oh, from 8th yeah. grade where you're oh, just yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. And it's such a gut punch. Right. Especially just the hard reaction to, to it yeah. and everything. It's a fun movie. I wish that it would have... I think it got nominated for original screenplay or something like that. I, I wish it would have got a little bit more so that we could see that girl, the star of it there at the Oscars. I mean, maybe she'll be there anyway. I don't know. It's one of those movies that if it would have come out later in the year, I think would have gotten push. more yeah. Oscar stuff, but alas, it did not. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of small movies that came out, though, before the summer. Disobedience. Oh, wow. Yeah. How can Another I Another small movie. How could I possibly forget? And a movie that's almost exactly the same as that, Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Both uh, came out in the early part of last year. Disobedience is small. Disobedience, we went out movie. As much as we hate to see a movie not at AMC theaters these days, yeah. given that we are AMC rewards members. A list, yeah. Well respected AMC A list members. We uh, went to the Art House Theater to see it. It stars Rachel Weiss and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Two Rachels. <laughs> and they play like a secret lesbian couple kind of they're not even a couple uh, they, they were like, like an affair they had a they had like a lesbian kind of connection that was implied when they were younger rachel wise like skipped town and rachel mcadams married a dude who was also like i don't know like an orthodox i was gonna Jewish. say like a rabbi in training but I don't yeah know. <laughs> very strictly <laughs> religious and uh, and now rachel wise's father who was like a prominent figure in this community this religious community has died in Rachel Wise is coming back to town, and the two Rachels... Is that her brother who's married to Rachel McAdams? I don't know. I always thought that the three of them were all just, like, friends, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But now that Rachel Wise is back in the mix, the two Rachels are kind of seeing if they're going to get it going again. If you thought the the sex scenes in Blue is the Warmest Color were over the top and unbelievable... Yeah, it's certainly... (laughs) The sex scene in this, which has no nudity... Takes it to a level that I never thought we'd take it to yeah you get a little bit of rachel mcadams nudity in the movie but not in the sex scene the sex scene is so insane with no nudity it's still somehow the most sexually explicit scene i've ever (laughs) witnessed if you wanted to see one attractive woman hock a loogie into the mouth of another i'll tell you i think we've had some real uncomfortable moments in that squirrel hill theater you know (laughs) yeah you haven't even been there for all of mine i saw shame there (laughs) yeah how about, like, Tree of Life there, you know? <laughs> that <laughs> just, was great. Right, I know, but it's just, like, when you're in that theater and, like, people are reacting to things. So, Black Panther, a movie you didn't see... I have because not. ...because you're a racist. I will just t- touch on it briefly. I thought it was good. I thought it was a slightly above-average Marvel movie. Okay. It has no business being nominated for Best Picture. That's and there are s- several other movies that also have no business being uh, nominated. I don't as know. Well. I'm sure I would like Black Panther fine. I-, I like the Marvel movies all kind of fine. I'm not like crazy about any of them. There's no superhero movie that I feel like has been on a level that sh- it should be nominated for Best Picture. I-, I could be wrong about Black Panther. I would say. I suspect the that only- it's not. 
ones that should have been in my lifetime, in my opinion, are The Dark Knight and Logan. Okay. I could have yeah. saw both of those being nominated for Best Picture. Everything else, no. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah, and it seems nuts. I mean, I, I'm sure there's definitely like good parts of Black Panther and it's well done, but at the same time, I feel like the vibe of all of these Marvel movies is kind of the same. I think they're like pretty good and pretty fun, but like... I don't know. The stakes are fucked up. You know that like your superheroes aren't going to die in it. Yeah, and <laughs> they mean, always connect to right. the next movie yeah. or whatever. It's a socially important movie, and I think it's cool that it was super successful and it made so much money and was such a big oh, cultural moment. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Jonah Hill's directorial debut, Mid-90s, which came out this past October. We were going to preview it on our Give Us a Second from August, a preview of coming attractions, we decided not to to keep that reasonable. We were both pretty excited, though, because it was an yeah. intriguing trailer. Yeah, the trailer has the look of just that old 90s grit. I don't know how to put it, but it, from skateboarding videos from the 90s, basically. Yeah, the aesthetic was very similar to kids right, or something like that, where it feels it's almost like documentary without the AIDS, you know, <laughs> yeah. that we know of. And... Yeah, mid-90s ended up feeling very much like kids yeah. because it had that sort of thing where the people didn't really feel like actors. Right. Even though... And they, did f they felt like they were just the characters that they were playing. Yeah, even though, what's her name, Catherine Waterson's in it. True. And she, that she seemed like an actor. Who's in everything, his older brother. Right, so did he. But like the, the main kid and his group of friends right. did not feel like actors. To now, me. there's a scene... In mid-90s, where our main character, who's a very young boy, has his first like sexual experience, and you put that up against the scene from 8th grade, and it's kind of this interesting dichotomy of we've, how that plays for a young boy versus a yeah, young girl. Yeah, we've got the full spectrum in two movies in the same year. In 8th grade, it's a, a younger girl with an older boy, and in mid-90s, it's a younger boy with an older girl. Right. And neither is right necessarily but how that plays how the younger person reacts to that situation yeah. in both movies it's kind of an interesting thing to put those up against each other there is something so sad to me about watching such a young kid doing drugs and like drinking and just being like so young i mean like <laughs> once you get to like 14 15 like i, I don't know I, I get it and can come to terms with it but how old is that kid in that movie supposed to be pretty young it seems yeah like. maybe even younger than the girl in eighth grade. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I was thinking, I don't know. Yeah, it's or, or right around, yeah, certainly a contemporary of hers. The surprising thing about mid-90s was how funny it was. True, yeah. Because I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a comedy. I think much of it, it yeah. plays like a, a comedy with dramatic elements. Well, there's a lot of funny parts, but you're kind of nervous the whole time. Well, least, yeah, <laughs> like it just for sure. keeps feeling like tragedy is right around the corner. And I will say that... I was impressed, and I, I hope that Jonah Hill sticks in that kind of style and genre because it's the type of movies you don't see much of, although I'm sure he will try to make a more commercially viable movie. I don't think mid-'90s made a lot of money or anything, but the ending stinks. I didn't True. like the ending at all. It yeah. felt like a cop-out ending, a tacked-on ending, an ending you would come up with in freshman writing class in college. It's not... Oh, right. It seemed very yeah. ham-fisted, almost cliche. Yeah, when I think about what I liked about the movie, the ending does not even come close to being on the list. Felt like I was connecting with the feel of the movie throughout. I mean, there was a lot of like nostalgic moments for myself in it. But yeah, I mean, the ending, it, it's not great. Yeah. 
But overall, though, it was unlike anything that I had seen in theaters in a long time, if ever, really, because I, I wasn't really old enough to see things like kids. Not true. Not that I would have really been thrilled to see that in theaters, but you know what I mean? Like, not only was it called mid-90s, not only did the characters talk like people talked in the mid-90s, right. but it also was a genre that felt very much like the indie filmmaking of that early 90s time period, whether it was Kevin Smith's Clerks or Kids or the early link later like slacker or something it was just it just felt like real people in a real situation and it was very like raw yeah so let's talk about two movies that one i know you saw one i'm pretty sure you might not have seen but two that are maybe the two of the stranger movies of the year that i liked both of them quite a bit the first was a netflix exclusive called hold the dark starring eric from true blood uh, and elvis's granddaughter riley keow wow yeah. Also, another guy that you're, right? I mean, yeah, the guy from Westworld. Yeah, I have watched like half of it. I need to finish it. Directed by I, our I'm not, favorite. I'm not sure <laughs> this guy who, the guy known for over the top violence. It yeah, seems like. Jeremy Sol Solinier or yeah. whatever. He directed Green Room and Blue, Blue Ruin. Ruin. This movie is not really comparable to those because those movies are pretty straightforward. I mean, they're super violent, but everything takes place in a very real world and you kind of understand the story from a to b right i mean they're awesome green room especially which i thought was really really good hold the dark is just the wildest weirdest thing uh, maybe of the year yeah maybe bar one right which again we'll talk about in part <laughs> two i the end of it is so insane and there's a there's a sequence in the middle of the movie that it's just this violent machine gun shootout that goes on forever that's so crazy i don't think i've gotten to that part and yeah once you figure out i mean not that i completely figured it out but right. once you kind of get the gist of what the story is it's even more shocking than you could imagine because it's just like what <laughs> it's so strange and i just love it because it's is there like a pet cemetery thing going on <laughs> i don't know it's really not really okay. but it, it's more of like are these people like real people or are they okay. something i mean i don't know it's so crazy and i i need to watch it again actually and it's one of those movies that you just appreciate that it's so weird and wild that it definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way i don't know what it got on rotten tomatoes but i know the score on imdb was shockingly low wow. when, I, when i first <laughs> yeah. went to watch it and i was reading some of the reviews the user reviews on IMD, which are always a treat to read. <laughs> just the the best and brightest. I'm sure, yeah. And people just flipping out about it, which made me so intrigued to I start watching that, it. I mean, obviously, like, we do a podcast on movies, but I just love people reacting to things in a way that they have to go to these message boards. And, oh, like, yeah. It's just, oh, boy. And so, I mean, ultimately, I think it's worth checking out if you have Netflix. And the second was a movie that doesn't even qualify for the Academy Awards because they didn't really do the theatrical run correctly because I think they were anticipating more of a VOD experience and then people really tuned into it and got on board with it. And that's Mandy. Oh, yeah. I think it came out in October or maybe late September or something like that. And then it, it was kind of a limited release and it kept expanding. Just the, a wild movie. The reviews were way better than they thought. I loved it. I thought it was kind of the the best use of Nicolas Cage in a long time, at least since Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. Yeah. Where you're kind of... Playing crazy-ass characters. Yeah, I think Nick Cage 
is actually a good actor. I just think that he does a lot of garbage to pay for his weird lifestyle. I think that's true too. And uh, yeah. It's hard to get it up, I think, all the time for those stupid movies right. that he does. Yeah. And every now and then things kind of click in right and this was one of those instances where you can take that weirdness that he's cultivated over the last like 15 years or so and now, i don't know it all kind of checks in and of it was the weird movies though this really takes the cake right <laughs> for him or for, for this year movies in general <laughs> yeah it's such a it's it's pretty out there it's a wild idea it was directed by the son of it took me so long to even kind of figure out what was going on even within this movie not that i ever really figured it out but like i feel like you get pretty deep into the movie before you're really putting anything together not that you ever really know it was directed by the son of george p cosmatos who directed things like cobra with sylvester stallone and rambo first blood so you can see where this is headed tombstone and stuff and his name is like Panos. Oh, gotcha. Panos Cosmatos. <laughs> His name is Panos Cosmatos. Uh, it stars Nicolas Cage, Andrea Risebrow. Yep. And then a bunch of people that you don't really know. It's some weird cult going on. It's a revenge story. With like. It takes place kind of in a fantasy world. Some sort of world. like mutant characters involved. Yeah. I don't know what they are. Monsters, aliens, something. I was lucky enough to to see this in the theater. I don't know that it necessarily played in a lot of different places. It ended up being available on VOD, and not that it would have ever really been nominated for Oscars or anything, but it was disqualified from all awards because it didn't do a long enough theatrical run before being on VOD. Nicolas Cage, best actor. Yeah, I loved his performance in it. It was very realistic in such a brutal way, despite the fact that the movie was crazy. Like, his initial grief spoiler alert when his wife is killed true and him like sitting on the toilet in his underwear like drinking that bottle <laughs> it's such a wild scene there's a, yeah there's and a he's lot just howling in anger and rage oh, i don't know and yeah. like it seems like you could get a lot of cool t-shirts out of this movie and it escalates into something just <laughs> completely insane by the end of the movie where he's covered in blood and doing cocaine <laughs> yeah not unlike, I'm sure, Nicolas Cage's real life. <laughs> <laughs> Just covered in blood at all times. Right. So let's talk about two more nominees for Best Picture, and those would be Green Book and The Favorite. I believe you haven't seen Green Book. True. I have not. <laughs> Matt's got a lot of holes in his yeah. year in review. <laughs> this will actually be well, the we- first time in a long time prior to the Oscars I will have already have seen all of the best yeah. picture nominees, which I do, when they announced them, I had already seen them. I all. do feel like I saw a lot of movies this year, though. Still, it's just a lot of them didn't end up close to this list, I guess. All right, so I'll keep it brief on Green Book since you haven't seen it. It's like catnip to yeah. the over sixty Academy Awards voters. That's what it seemed like. But it's it very like good it was for a different generation. Yeah, it's very good and it's old fashioned and it's funny. It's funnier than you would think. Okay. The performances are good. I love seeing Linda Cardellini in it. In All right. A, in like basically the third lead behind Marshala Ali and Vigo Mortensen. I think the backlash that people have been trying to get rolling on this movie is absurd. It's, I don't it's know all about dumb it. bullshit. It's okay. you know, it's the same shit every year yeah, with yeah. these right. Academy Awards races and everything and Yeah, Peter Fairley from the Fairley Brothers directed this. Oh, okay. Yeah, he took his dick out in front of people before. Oh. As a joke, yeah, 
you know <laughs> well i mean come on if it was just a joke when they first i think when the Farrelly brothers first met cameron diaz for there's something about mary they did it or he did it oh, she well, thought it was hilarious yeah i mean nobody I, was complaining 20 years ago when it happened but y- here we are <laughs> <laughs> you know that's one of the things and the guy who wrote it who was the son of the character that Vigo Mortensen is playing so like that guy's son the real life version oh, of that gotcha. guy his okay, son cool. wrote it and he had an offensive racist tweet back in the day of about course. Muslims or something but whatever that stuff has nothing to do with the movie itself and the movie itself is fun and charming and I really enjoyed it and good you know, I think you should check it out. I kind of felt—I I don't know—I when we saw the trailers for it, I kind of felt like it was going to be boring. It's not boring at all. Okay, it's fun. It's it's your typical Academy Awards fair, but not boring. It's not. Gotcha. Okay. It's just—it's an enjoyable movie. I'm I'm up for it. Yeah. I mean, I I would have seen it. I think it, that was probably a movie trip when I was not in town. I'm thinking. No, it was the same day that you and I saw Ralph breaks the internet. Oh, wow! That was a double <laughs> feature. Yeah, I think there was a Patriots game that you needed to get. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, th- I think I would have been more interested in Green Book. Well, let's talk about The Favorite, which is also nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. I believe Green Book and The Favorite are two of the most nominated up there with A Star is Born and maybe something else. The Favorite got a lot of nominations, and I guess that's not surprising to some people. Like some people's reactions were that they were surprised by how yeah, many well. nominations it got. Uh, it felt like it was targeting Oscar season. All three of the leading ladies in the film got acting nominations. I did see that. That's pretty nuts. It's kind of weird that they picked Olivia Coleman for best actress, but the other two for supporting actresses. Yeah, is I, I always thought that Emma, what's her face? Emma Stone. Emma Stone. I, I was thinking she was the lead. When we were I thought it. Rachel Weisz was the lead. <laughs> so okay, here we well, go. There you okay, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So now it makes more sense. Well, they can just pick and choose whichever they're going to put people up for. So we've seen some weird situations where Haley Steinfeld was nominated for which we still supporting can't actress, let go. and she's That's in the, the movie more than anybody else. Bring up, yeah. Yeah, the stuff like that happens all the time. It's crazy, but the favorite uh, I was into. I, I'm into that director. Now that Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, yeah. Now that I've seen The Lobster too, but I, I tried still... watching his first movie. I think it's called Dogtooth. Okay. I only made it like halfway through. Not it. it was it, well, it's in another language. Okay. It was very hard to figure out what was going on. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. It's on Shutter. I have to go back and give it another I need chance. To watch there was some of a weird nudity deer, in it, but I'll I do feel like I, I'm very interested in watching this guy's movies now. Like I'm, I'm in on his career. Did you watch Killing of a Sacred Deer yet? No, I need to still. Okay. Yeah, the lobster is awesome. Yeah. I feel like that's my favorite of his movies. Okay, yeah. Mine too, so far, of the two that I've seen. But the favorite was good. My one knock on it was I did feel like too many of the good lines were used in the trailer. Yes, like, it I was felt- definitely it definitely felt played out by the trailer. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which it did have a good trailer, though. I do remember when I first saw that trailer, I was really excited for that movie based yeah. off the trailer. Yeah, the only thing, and I think you sentences. may have agreed with this at the time when we saw it, I would say that I wish that it pushed the envelope a little farther. I think so, yeah. Because it's a very, it's surprisingly to a lot of people, I guess a lot of people had no idea where, where this movie was going, and there was definitely some shocked parents, I guess, with, not with little kids, but <laughs> this was, but like this was a movie that yeah. people were coming home for the holidays, taking their parents to go see, and there was a lot of shocked people about the subject matter really? and how sexual it is wow 
I, I would have liked it to be taken yeah. to a lot farther of a level. There's only like very brief nudity from Emma Stone, which I think this was her first. So there you go. Nude yeah, scene. that's a big moment. For how sexual the subject matter actually was, it didn't take it to that extreme level because this all was basically a fantasy. Nobody has any idea if any of this stuff actually right. happened with yeah. these people. And because, you know, it's taking place such a long time ago. I mean, I, they could have had more fun with it. I definitely I thought there was a lot of funny moments in it, and I enjoyed the funny moments as they occurred. But I, I think that there could have been a bit more of that, too. Yeah. I don't know. It was. I saw it twice in theaters. And the acting is definitely good. I mean, the three chicks are all good in it. <laughs> yeah, the you know? three chicks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think that will do it for part one of our 2018 interview. Oh, wow. Okay. So everybody stay tuned. Oh, no, we got one more. All we right. have one more. Oof. One more. One more. Okay. And that would be A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. Uh, which also came out. Early more in the year. T- yeah, that was like, what, April, I think? Right. I can remember, yeah, at the time thinking like Annihilation and A Quiet Place both could be on my list towards the end of the year, depending on how it went. I enjoyed A Quiet Place quite a bit. I mean, it feels more like a movie than a film, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, but, it's a very popcorn movie. And I think I, I thought it was on the good side of popcorn movies. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think once you examine it a little bit closely or right. you rewatch it, you start to notice things that are kind of silly or don't quite make sense true but it's a fun concept and they stuck to it throughout the movie and the execution was great and they came up with crazy scenes right like the production is so good i love like that whole sequence of like where they flip on the red lights at the barn or house or wherever they live and they like go through that whole sequence of like launching off the rocket or the fireworks or whatever to distract the things i don't know there was just some really well done action sequences in the movie yeah Having a situation set up where Emily Blunt is pregnant and then yes. having to give birth as like those aliens are like in the house. That was nuts, thing. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy and, and suspenseful. And it was one of the big surprise hits of the year, and I'm pretty sure they're already working on a sequel and the whole thing. So Yeah, it's hard for me knows. to picture a sequel. I mean, I don't know. I, I was happy for John Krasinski because he had dipped his toe into directing a couple of times and it had been mostly yeah. a disaster. And I thought he did a really good job this. with this. I, I mean, it was just, you know, it's harder to make like a bigger movie where there's a yeah. lot of a lot going on and a lot of like action sequences. And I, I, I thought he did a really good job. Okay. So now we're ready to wrap up part one of our 2018 in review. So thank you for listening. Follow the show on Twitter, at Greatest Pod, subscribe on iTunes, and part two should be coming along shortly. Yeah, I'm ready And for at it. the end of part two, we finally, will our big reveal list, our right? top ten lists and, I don't know, I guess give our final thoughts on the year that was 2018. All right. We should say, I guess we'll announce it now, we wanted to see Destroyer. We had that in mind as a potential top ten list movie yeah. a candidate now granted you didn't see plenty of these top 10 lists True. movies but <laughs> that was one that we had both liked the trailer karen kusama directed it who we like very much yeah i would almost say friend of the show yeah i, I would go as far <laughs> i think that's fair yeah no but for whatever reason it just it hasn't rolled out yeah it's been a weird far year. enough i mean like i didn't see first man yet i saw that girl with the dragon tattoo movie Right. You know, it's all about timing sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we wanted to see Destroyer. We'll probably have to wait till it comes out on Blu-ray because it just sometimes living in Pittsburgh is detrimental to having a show like this. Right. 
it'd be a lot easier if we were in New York and LA and we'd have access to everything, but That's we true. don't. So Yeah, we're not allowed to hang out in those cities really. <laughs> not quite cool enough. Yeah, and we're not going to bootleg a movie or anything like that. No. We may have done that once in the past, those but were never dark again. Times. Never again. Yeah. Okay, so thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Cease to resist giving my goodbye. Drive my car into the ocean. You think I'm dead, but I said away. Item one, fan base. Ways to increase the American fan base. What fan base?